to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. Life in Accounting is the podcast for everyday heroes like you working in the accounting profession. Are you ready to hear from accounting influencers, thought leaders, visionaries, and other professionals leading change in the accounting world? Then stay tuned for Mark Goldman, a CPA, the owner of Where Accountants Go, and your host. Welcome to Life in Accounting. I think that I learned the importance of connecting with other accounting professionals outside of your organization that you work for. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for Life in Accounting, a podcast production of whereaccountantsgo.com. That clip was from Natasha Schamberger, a CPA, but also the CEO for the Kansas Society of CPAs, the state-level professional association. I invited Natasha on the show for several reasons. First, she was suggested by one of our other very popular guests, but also, though, I found her background intriguing myself, and I knew she'd bring some valuable insight to our audience. Natasha started her career in the usual way, so to speak, but later on, she had the opportunity to join AICPA, where she stayed for eight years. It was that insight into the profession, as well as her additional insight that she brings from her experience with the state-level society in Kansas that I wanted to tap into. She's an accountant herself, but she's serving the profession overall, and that just gives you a different perspective, which I think will benefit all of us. Also, Natasha was very open about her early career as well, so I think you'll find value in that discussion. Not to mention the three-month trip that she tells us about between jobs that they took to Italy. That was just a really fun, unexpected expected portion of the interview. I really enjoyed that as well. We have a lot of ground to cover in this interview, so make sure you listen all the way to the end. I wouldn't want you to miss anything. If you do find value in this episode for yourself, please check us out online. You can find us at whereaccountantsgo.com. If you're looking to build your own career, one publication that will really interest you is our book, 49 Tips for a Successful Accounting Career. Basically, what we did is we took the best advice from our 100 or so first episodes and boiled it down into 49 tips to help you advance your career. If you're just starting out or maybe you've been in the profession for a few years, I'm sure you'll find value in this publication. Once again, it's 49 tips for a successful accounting career. You can find it on Amazon or you can find it through our website at whereaccountsgo.com for immediate delivery. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started. Here's our interview with Natasha Schamberger. Well, hello, Natasha. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be here hanging out with you and all of your listeners. Wonderful. Thrilled. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for the audience, we have another interesting show for you today. We try to highlight all the different career paths that are available to us accountants, as well as, you know, the different twists and turns that may present themselves along the way. And Natasha Schomburger's career is no different. For lack of a better way of saying this, Natasha's career started in a typical direction, but later she joined the staff at AICPA and then transitioned from there to the Kansas Society of CPAs as their CEO just a few years back. I've really been looking forward to this interview for a while because I know we're going to get into two areas that are very near and dear to my heart, certification and professional involvement. 
Natasha, before we get into the association part of your career journey, I always like to start at the beginning so we you know, understand how you got to where you are today. What initially led you to think about pursuing accounting as a possible career in the first place? You know, Mark, it actually started in high school. I got hooked in high school when I took a business class and they had an accounting component to it. And I thoroughly enjoyed the whole structure of accounting. So the idea of fitting all the puzzle pieces together so at the end of the day that they would balance and you would know if you did it right or not. So there was that grand feeling of accomplishment that I really enjoyed and I was hooked from then on. So from that moment on, I knew I wanted to be an accountant. I would say that there was only one situation where I even ever questioned continuing on that path. But I would say that there were a few life factors that probably came into play with me liking accounting accounting, liking the structure of it, the stability of it. You know, so my mom was a single mother of four kids. She had no college degree. So she worked her tail off at several different jobs, keeping food on the table and we moved around a lot. So the idea of stability and a career that provides that was extremely appealing to me, even at this very young age. So I did notice that accounting offered that stable career. And then on top of that, just that opportunity to earn some good money and be able to advance quickly. And so early on, you know, in my junior, senior year in high school, I created this vision of what I thought it would be like to be an accountant. And there was only one time that I reconsidered it as the direction. And this, I would say, was probably the most monumental decision of my life. I was in high school. I was a non-traditional student. And I worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC. I was a full-time employee while going to high school. I had worked my way up. It was my first job. And by my senior year in high school, I was assistant manager of Kentucky Fried Chicken. So they offered that once I graduated from high school, they offered me the manager position at Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I was then faced with the decision of whether or not to pursue being a manager at this fast food chain or going to college and pursuing, you know, the career in accounting. You know, some might think, well, that's a no-brainer, but at the moment, the salary that they offered sounded really good to a high school student that didn't have a lot of money at that time, and it was a quick fix, right? So quick money. I already knew what I was doing. It was a little bit of the easy button, if you think about it. My mom was discouraging me from going to college, and so there was that component to it as well. So I had to sit and think, do I want to go to college and be an accountant, or do I want to go ahead and take what's being offered to me right now? So this senior, that's a big decision to make in high school. But thankfully, I chose to go to college. I stuck to that vision that I had of going to college and being an accountant. And thankfully, I did because I think my future would have turned out completely differently if I wouldn't have made that decision. So that's really where it all started. I went to Kansas State University. I went to college. I loved college. I was eager to learn. I loved learning. I was soaking it all in. And I had this idea that once I graduated from college, I would then move out to the West Coast, out to California, and live in a big city and perfect this really successful accountant. It's kind of funny if you think about it. Often you hear that stereotypical story of a Midwestern girl with a dream of moving out to California to become an actress. But I was the Midwest girl who wanted to move out to California to be an accountant. And I'm glad that I did. So that's where it all began. And all throughout college, I never second-guessed it. I stuck to accounting. I knew I wanted to be a CPA and that's the direction that I went. I have got to figure out a way to put that in the show notes as like a subtitle. You'll never <laughs> girl move to big city. 
to be an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That must have been a really hard decision. I wasn't sure where you were going with the KFC part. And I was thinking the same thing, that it seems an easy decision for us now. But at that age, it's a lot of money. But I didn't think about the family influence there. And I'm sure that was probably hard for y'all to turn down the extra income at that mm-hmm. point based on how, oh my gosh, wow. You really kept the long-term plan and in view. Yeah, and it's interesting because I was like, how did I know I wanted college? How did I know the CPA? Like, it was almost like it was always just there. And considering all the different components in play, I'm really grateful that I had that instilled in me in some way or another where I did decide to choose the longer, more challenging path, but at the end of the day, really has paid off for me in the long run. Okay. Beautiful. Well, tell us about your first few jobs in accounting and you know what those years were like. I wasn't planning on asking you about this, but with your background, it makes sense. And also, if you don't mind, if you could include in there, you know, at what point you did pursue the CPA exam and how that whole oh, process yeah. worked out for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. So once I moved out, you know, at first when I knew I wanted to move out to California, I ended up choosing San Diego as the place I wanted to be. So I went out there and I took a trip out there, visited and had some interviews lined up. The very first firm I interviewed with, I just felt an immediate connection with the space, the people that were interviewing me. And so to the point where I accepted their offer on the spot and I canceled the other interviews that I had. And so there was just that immediate, I guess I was kind of a person who, if it felt right, I just went with it. And so I worked at that firm for some time. And so that was my first real experience at an accounting firm besides some internships that I had done back in Kansas. And this is really where I met lifelong friends and built a strong network of co-accountants. So this was several years ago. And A few of those folks are my closest friends to this day. So a very important time in your life when you're both starting to experience the real world and you're doing it together. And then on top of that, that's where I first started studying for the CPA exam. So there's that sense of camaraderie of studying for the exam at the same time as your friends and coworkers and working together towards this common goal. So that's one thing that I've continued to enjoy about my career in accounting is that sense of camaraderie with people that you work closely with, whether it be studying for the exam or going through your first busy season, it makes it a much more enjoyable experience, experiencing it together. And then that creates that lifelong bond that I still have today with folks that I worked with at the first firm. You know, my time at that firm was a great experience. Technically, I learned a lot really quickly. I made good friends. And so a lot of fantastic learning there. It came to a point, however, where I was ready to move faster than the firm was willing to give me opportunities for. So at this particular firm, they had like a predetermined path where they wanted you to work so long in audit, work so long in tax before you could kind of decide which direction you wanted to go. I already had my mind set on what I wanted to do and I didn't want to just kind of sit idle and I wanted to move faster. So that's where I think acting with confidence and knowing that it's okay if the, well, it fit really good at one time, realizing that maybe when it isn't a right fit and then exploring other opportunities. And so I think it's important as you progress in your career to put that front and center and constantly just make sure it's the right fit because if it's not the right fit at that time, it's not good for you as an individual or the organization that you're working for. So knowing your value and knowing when it's time to go after something different. And so that's what I did. I ended up moving and transitioning to a smaller firm 
And this is where I had the benefit of finding a purpose. So this at this particular firm, they really made you feel like as an individual, you personally contributed to the success of the firm. So you had a voice. You were part of decision making. And I think that that's something that ended up being important to me. I didn't know that that was at first, but I found that to be a really strong component of me wanting to do the best I could for the firm, working and continuing to advance and learn um, for the benefit of the firm and the clients we were working for. And again, busy season, I loved it. I loved busy season. I loved the camaraderie of it. I loved how we were all charging together in the same direction. And it was also at this firm where I recognized the importance of mentors. So this particular firm took an interest in assigning all of the staff a mentor to serve as their advisor on, you know, learning opportunities, you know, just learning technically, but then also learning how to develop your own personal development plan. And I had a particular mentor at this firm and I learned a tremendous amount of things from him. So not only technical type things, but also how to supervise, how to communicate with people that you start to supervise and manage. And then on top of that, how to communicate with clients and how to, above all, how to have fun. So I think that that's an important component that I've tried to carry with me is we have our day job. We spend a lot of time at our day job. So let's make sure we're having fun with what we're doing. So this particular person who was the mentor, he was very instrumental in helping me along in my career. At this firm, I moved up the ranks. I was on the tax side. The firm was growing. It was very exciting to be part of that. And then after some time, probably about five years in tax, I was finding I wasn't energized anymore by what I was doing. And I was hungry for something different, hungry for a change. And then on top of that, my personality changed a bit. So I think early on, I was more of, I want to be behind the scenes. I am an introvert by nature and I liked being not out and about, but then I think my personality started to change where I became more social and wanting to get more interaction with the clients. And so what I did is I decided I wanted to do something non-traditional and switch over and try audit for a while. So move from the tax side of things over to the audit and review side of things. And so it took a lot of guts to go have that discussion. So again, having the confidence to say, hey, what I've been doing, I've been loving, but I'm not loving it as much and I want to explore some other options. So having that confidence to discuss a career path change. And so I did do that with the management of the firm, asking them, hey, can I move over to the audit side and try that for a while? And while they were not super thrilled, they were completely supportive. And so I completely switched gears, tried out the audit side for a while. I started at, you know, the lower level and had to work my way up. Luckily, they kept my pay the same. So that was a nice perk. And so I was able to experience both the tax side of things and now the audit side of things. And I'm really grateful that I did ask for that opportunity and that the firm supported me in pursuing that because now I do feel as though I've got some a well-rounded technical background because of that. Yeah. It took some guts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But a lot of, you know, support behind it, I think, was key as well. So that was out in California. And I guess leading to my next position, the one I held prior to joining AICPA, I got married. And so my husband and I decided that we were going to start a family and we didn't think that California was the right place to do that. So my husband and I are both from Kansas and, you know, the cost of living out in California is considerably higher than it is in Kansas. So the idea of 
purchasing a home and raising a family, you know, with the mindset of what we know it could cost in Kansas versus California was kind of hard for us to wrap our minds around. So I particularly was not ready to move back to Kansas. So we chose to try out the East Coast for a while and we decided that we would check out Raleigh, North Carolina. And however, before doing that, he and I had always thought of going overseas and living for a while. And while we thought that this might be a good time in between our move from California to North Carolina. So we decided to go put all of our belongings into storage and go hang out in Italy for three months and just travel and explore. And so in doing that, we quit our jobs. We did not have any jobs waiting for us in North Carolina. However, this is another key reason why career in accounting is very stable because as a CPA, I was not concerned that I would not be able to find a position once we did settle down in Raleigh, North Carolina. So you can only imagine our family was very worried (laughs) and shocked that we would do such a crazy thing of quitting our jobs, putting all of our things in storage, hang out in Italy for three months. So we sold our cars, we did all that, and then start over in North Carolina without any job in play. So knowing that as an accountant, I would be able to find something relatively quickly. And luckily, it did turn out that way. So when we did get back and moved to North Carolina, I did start working for a firm that was similar size, very similar to the firm that I just really loved out in California. And I was appreciative of the opportunity at the firm in North Carolina. This is a firm that where they really empowered you to figure out things out on your own and you had an opportunity for more autonomy and to self-train and things of that nature. So I was at that firm for a while before I ended up transitioning to AICPA. Wow. Okay. I have to take a a detour. That was a lot. (laughs) Yes. No, this is wonderful. My plan was, you know, let's go into the AICPA time and and I definitely want to do that, but we have to take a detour. Three months in Italy. That is amazing. Did the thought ever cross your mind that maybe you should become, you know, an Italian accountant and just stay out there and eat really good pizza for... Yeah, so it's funny that you asked that. Yeah, and in fact, that was originally our plan. So our plan originally was that we would go out there to Italy, hang out there for a couple years, get jobs, and do something, you know, like you said, like accounting or teach English or something along those lines. When we looked further into that, it was going to take a lot more time to save up money to be even able to do that. And then there were some other logistics about it as well. And so that's where we felt like, all right, this is starting to feel too complicated and it's defeating the purpose of why we want to go out there to go out and explore like this across over in Europe. And so then that's where we scaled it back and we said, hey, what if we just, you know, this is what we've got in our savings. This is how long we can stay out there without working. So why don't we just do that? And so that's where it cut down from let's go out for a year to just three months. And I'm grateful that we did. It was a fantastic experience. I really did think that I would want to live there after being there for three months. But at the end of the day, I was ready to come back to the U.S. I was ready to have my own space. So it was a good experience to recognize that it was nice being over there for three months, but I also am really grateful for some of the things that I have here in the U.S. And I think I like the way that the things are here in the U.S. and I actually miss them more than I would have imagined. Interesting. Okay. I'm glad we're having this conversation because it's the feeling out there that I can quit my job, move overseas, get a 
basic job, you know, I cut my expenses and just, you know, live the good life for the rest Mm -hmm. of my life. And it sounds like there's more complication to it than that from what you're describing. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, I was surprised by that. Because I also had that vision that it would be I'd go over there and want to stay there and it would be hard to come back. And for some people, that might be the case. But for me and my husband, we were ready to be back home. Okay. We're taking our whole family over there in November. We're going back. So, I mean, it's a place that we have ties to. It's a place that we really enjoy. And so me and my husband and my two girls are heading out there in November. Wow. Okay, yeah. you're not selling your house and all that kind of stuff. Right? No, no. Just okay, a trip. Right. Just a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> just had to check. Just had to... Once you have children, the drastic decisions don't quite happen as often. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Very true. Very true. So tell us about AICPA. How did you get on? And then tell us about the different roles. I guess the ones you enjoyed the most. Sure, sure. So thank you for that. You know, when I transitioned to the AICPA, so when I first interviewed the AICPA, I interviewed for a position and I had no idea what the position was for. Even in the interview process, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around what I would be doing. So, you know, when you're working in an accounting firm and you move from firm to firm, you have a pretty good idea of what you'll be doing, what will be expected of you and whatnot. So when I moved over to the AICPA, I, during the interview process, I didn't quite get what the role would be. However, what stood out to me is my interviewer, who ended up being my manager, my boss, he was incredibly enthusiastic and passionate about the work that he was doing. So that is what I just gravitated towards. And because of that, I wanted to be part of that. I want to be part of what they were working on. I want to have that enthusiasm and passion myself. So I went ahead and went for it, even though I had no idea (laughs) what I would be working on. And so it's really neat. The position I was working for focused on CPA firms of all sizes and creating tools and resources to help CPA firms operate more effectively and efficiently. And so the thing that I did enjoy about my various roles in that team was that you were able to fix things that maybe frustrated you while you were in public accounting or it streamlined ways of doing things that you always felt like, oh, there should be an easier way to do this. And so I think working for the different kinds of firms that I did helped me in this position and helped me understand what the different dynamics of different firms could possibly be. And so I really developed into a new professional at the AICPA. First of all, pretty neat because basically I was at the front lines of the profession. So I found a different kind of passion for the work that I was doing because I was able to look through the profession through a wide lens. So working on an accounting, you're often just looking at the work on your desk. And this is the purpose of the AICPA is to monitor the profession, monitor trends, understand what that could mean for the individual CPAs and try to help support CPAs as these trends start impacting the work that they do every day. And then beyond that, I started interacting with other CPAs and accounting professionals all across the U.S., like top-notch leaders in our profession. And Through this, I then was able to develop into a leader myself. The AICPA does put a lot of energy into formal leadership programs, and I was working for a great leader. And so I think that being able to learn from many different ways and see how you yourself can become your best leader was something that I got a lot from my various positions here. And again, I had strong mentors. In fact, I still keep in touch to this day. 
I have regular video conference calls with a mentor that was a VP at the time and is now retired from the AICPA. And he continues to be a mentor to me to this day. So again, the importance of having a mentor and keeping that connection has served me really well throughout my career. Something that the various roles I had at the AICPA is it constantly pushed me outside my comfort zone all the time, which as an introvert, that's very uncomfortable. But each promotion that I got, I didn't quite feel like I was ready for it. But I had my boss pushing me, telling me, you are ready, go for it. And I'm glad that I did. So I took advantage of the opportunities that came my way, even though I was uncomfortable taking those on. And then I also didn't hesitate to ask if I saw something that I wanted to be doing. I didn't hesitate to ask for those opportunities either. So I think as an accounting professional, it's important to remember, especially as a woman in the profession, remember to ask for what you want, identify, get that vision, and so that you can ask for it and then have some swiftness about it and don't just wait for someone to hand it over to you, but instead kind of just ask for it. And the worst that someone can say is no, and then you can reevaluate at that point. And so I was at my last position at AICPA, I was managing a team of about 10 people and we were still in Raleigh, North Carolina. And so then from there, I had identified that my husband and I decided we wanted to be back in Kansas. We had a little girl and then another baby on the way and we wanted to be close to family. So I then decided I needed to do another big ask and go ask my boss if I could work 100% remotely and still continue my role. So that was another hard conversation. But again, trying to make my work life fit with my personal life is something that I've constantly strived to do and it does not always work out. I had that conversation with my boss and I said, I think I can pull it off. You know, we already use video conferencing with the various offices of the AICPA. I think that I can make this work and make periodic trips back to Raleigh to meet with the team. And initially, his reaction was that he didn't think that it would work. So that was his initial reaction. And, you know, I was kind of disappointed. But then the next day, he came back and said, you know what, let's give it a try. And so for two years, I did just that. I managed a team remotely while living in Kansas. And the rest of my team was back in North Carolina. So I think that the idea of, you know, developing into a leader, but still making it fit with your personal life is something that can be done and it's just about being swift and asking for it. Yeah, that is a big ask, but it worked out. It worked worked out. out. (laughs) Otherwise, we may not be having the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. So now you're the CEO for the Kansas Society now of CPAs. Tell us about your role now. And I'm in Texas, so I don't know as much about the Kansas Society. I'm active in our state chapter. But what's the size like and what are some of the more interesting or unusual programs that that you put on? All right. So the Kansas Society of CPAs, we've got about 2,700 members. So that's that's a smaller state society, especially compared to Texas, if that's where you're from. So the Kansas Society, so my role is I work very closely with my board of directors. And so my role is to carry out the strategic initiatives of what is identified as our strategic plan with the board of directors. Once a year, we all get together, myself and one of my team members and then the board of directors, and we identify, okay, what do we want to be focusing on as a society? And so we have a facilitated session of strategic planning and 
it's one of my favorite things that we do every year because that is what we do. We sit and we listen and we understand what the trends are in the profession. We understand what the trends and situations are for our CPA members here in Kansas. And then from there, that's where we identify what are the initiatives we need to tackle for the benefit of our members going into the next you know, one to three years. And so my role is to lead a team. I've got a team of four other staff that work closely with me. So we lead the team and then we also have our volunteers that help us accomplish these initiatives that we've identified as our focus areas. So one of the things that we are strongly focused on, and I am in the middle of it as we speak, is we have developed what we're calling our Accounting Career Kickstart Program. So the idea behind this program is that it's the program that's going to build the pipeline of our future accountants in Kansas. And in order to do that, we're focusing on getting high school students interested in accounting. And then we've got tactics around how to keep them interested as they go through college. And then we've identified a way to develop their early leadership skills, early entrepreneurial skills, and interpersonal skills so that they have the skills that they need earlier before our CPA employers hire them. And so this is something that we're kicking off. We held a focus advisory group. We invited educators from the various colleges in Kansas, large and then also private colleges. We invited CPAs that are from large firms, small firms, medium firms. We invited folks that were in business and CFO of large companies and small companies. And we really try to get a full spectrum of all the different players in our whole ecosystem of accounting so that we were addressing this through a wide lens, for lack of a better word. And we even included a couple accounting students to help us in this focus advisor group as we built out this vision for this program. And so right now, as you know, there's extreme advances in technology. We've got multiple generations in the workplace. So there's that combustion of old and new beliefs. And plus, on top of that, the expansion of like market expectations and just ongoing complexity. So these are all plugging into our accounting ecosystem, but it makes it a very exciting time. So we identified this as a great opportunity to ignite the interest of young people to choose to join us in our future as it relates to accounting. And so something we're doing this summer, we have put together what we're calling our Inspire Business Camp. And so we this would be for high schoolers entering their junior and senior year. And we identified this theme of about be a business athlete. And so the overlying message is that how to be a business athlete, but the strong component of accounting and how that's foundational to our business community. We're going to showcase all the various career paths that accounting has to offer. So we've got a lineup of pros. So we've got a speaker from Coke Industries, which is a multinational corporation here in based in Kansas. We've got the director of finance from the Kansas City Royals coming to speak. We've got someone coming from a smaller firm that does a lot with data analytics and advising clients in that sense. And so we've got a lot of different ideas and people to get in front of the high school students. We're focusing it around innovation and really highlighting some of the interesting things that CPAs are doing and accountants are doing and showcase the exciting future that because of that, that we've got. And so we've got a strong support base of 
folks here in Kansas who are going to be helping us pull this off. We've got a neat layout. So that's something that we're doing that's new, something that there's a lot of energy behind. We're including all spectrums of the profession. We've got educators coming. We want to show them all the variety of colleges that high schoolers can choose from. So a lot going on there, but a lot of exciting things. So that's one of the big initiatives that we're working on this year. And we're just now starting to try to get the word out to high school parents and students and teachers that this is available. That is interesting. How long has the Kickstart program been going on? So it's new. So we had our focus advisor group last year. So it's taken us some time to create the overall vision. So it's going to go from the Inspire Business Camp. And then once we get them there, then it would lead into a three-tiered mentorship program. So that's where we would assign the high school person, a college student who's already chosen accounting as their first-tier mentor, and then also a young professional. He would then serve as a mentor to both the college student and the incoming college students. So that three-tiered mentorship program. And then from there, we've got a gamification learning platform that really focuses on those critical thinking, interpersonal skills, early leadership skills. So that would be something that they would kind of graduate towards and earn digital badges on and whatnot, like in things of that nature. So it's a whole well-rounded program that we're basically just kicking off this year. Okay. I really applaud you guys for doing that. This may be already known, but been doing a little study of the podcast guests because we've had over 120 now. And with the exception of the special edition kind of episodes, I ask everybody how they got their start. And I'll tell you, just as many podcast guests say they were influenced to go into accounting in high school as say that in college. Okay. So the decision is being made much earlier maybe than some of us think. And actually, of all the podcast guests, the only higher percentage was a family member, an influential you mm-hmm. know, family member. Maybe not direct family, but an uncle or, you know, something like that. So just as many students are like you making that decision in high school as there are starting college and deciding. And I know that there's a lot of efforts being done at the college level, which is important and good, but I think it's equally as important for us to be talking about it in high school. So that's a big project. Wow. Yeah, it's a big undertaking, but it's also, you know, pretty exciting. And, you know, it's my understanding, too, that the Gen Z, the characteristics of a Gen Z, they are wanting to know their career path before they graduate from high school. And so that's even going to reiterate what you just said is that the choices are going to be made sooner rather than later. We need to come back in a year or two and do a follow-up yeah. podcast. So we just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we get to the final questions I end every podcast with, there is one other thing I wanted to ask you because, I mean, you've had a unique career. You know, you work, you're still working in the profession, but, I mean, very much in the profession early on, and now you're an accountant serving accountants, serving the profession. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about the accounting profession from the standpoint of your time at AICPA or or with the Kansas Society that maybe you didn't know before when you were practicing in it? Yeah, I learned it goes back to having that broad perspective of the profession. And I think that I learned the importance of connecting with other accounting professionals outside of your organization that you work for. Surrounding yourself with like-minded people that are really dedicated to make a difference and having a, a passion for that. So if you surround yourself with people that are passionate about making a difference and making the 
daily lives of CPAs better in one way or another and being a contribution to that, that's actually a, a very sustainable purpose that you can have in that. So, you know, you could have a not so great day at work, but if you know that you're contributing to something bigger than your everyday and being part of a profession, it's really those connections and that mindset that can really add value, I think, to your life and career. So I never knew what it was like to be a CPA serving other CPAs. And I recognize all the work that AICPA does and all the state societies do to support CPAs in our profession and whether it be the advocacy activities. When I was in public accounting and working, I had no idea all that was going on behind the scenes to protect me as a CPA or to protect the clients I'm working for, right? So things like that. And I wasn't monitoring the trends and thinking bigger and having that anticipatory mindset of what could be coming and how it could potentially impact my individual role or the organization I work for. So I think just having Having that broader mindset, having more of a future thinking, the capacity to think more towards what does it mean for the future and what does this mean for my colleagues across the U.S. is a pretty impactful thing. I would say that that's something that I learned that I did not know before. Okay. Yeah, it really is important to get involved earlier on. And we just, yeah, we don't realize that when we're, <laughs> when we're yeah. younger focused on the other things in life. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hate to cut it short, but I do want to be respectful of your time. And I do have three questions that I like to end every podcast with. So better get to those. The first one's usually the easiest. From a career perspective, what's been your proudest moment? Yeah, so thank you for that. So last year, 2018, I was recognized by the CPA Practice Advisor and the AICPA as one of the most powerful women in accounting. So that was a pretty remarkable moment for me. That's something that you have to be nominated for. And then there's a committee that chooses the selection. And so I was able to be recognized at the, the AICPA has this big conference, the Engage Conference. And so I was in Las Vegas and I was on stage at the MGM and recognized for this. And so that, if you can even look at the picture of all of us standing up there, you can see the grin on my face is ear to ear. So that was a very special moment for me. That is special. I temporarily forgot that, but you were actually suggested by one of the other winners. Uh, oh, yeah. The recognized yeah. individuals. Yeah, yeah. We've had some really good guests off that list. I know we've had a few. <laughs> Thank so. you for making the time for us. Oh, you gotcha. Uh, this, yeah. yeah. You're in demand. Well, second question. Tell us about a mistake you made and what you learned from it, of course, because that's what we're really after. But the bigger, the better. We love the okay. big shares. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. You know, I think the biggest mistake that I've made, and I think it's because it impacted me personally so much, is when I took on this CE role at the KSCPA, it was the first most front and center role that I've ever had. So I had a new community of CPAs that I was not familiar with. I, I felt like I had to prove myself over again, where I had already done that in my past roles. And I found myself, and I never would have thought of myself as someone that cared so much about what people thought of 
of me, but I found myself being that and actually starting to worry about it, about what people thought of me and if I was doing what was expected of me and that kind of thing. And I ended up taking a lot of energy thinking about that. So it started to impact the joy I was getting from my position. So once I recognized that, first of all, and then once I started to, I guess, just come to terms that, you know what, not everyone's going to like me, not everyone's going to agree with decisions that I've made, but as long as I'm giving it my best, as long as I am a professional and being authentic, my best authentic self, then that's what's important. Once I reminded myself of that and started changing my mindset around that, then I started to find that joy again in what I was doing. And so I guess that was a big mistake for me because it did start to impact my enjoyment that I was getting from what I was doing every day. And you can get kind of sidetracked by doing that. So that would be what I learned from that. And sometimes I have to still remind myself of that. So I would say that that would be probably my biggest mistake. Yeah, that's a hard one to learn. It's good you were able to realize it on your own and get out of that, you know, (laughs) because it's a trap. That's the perfect word for it. It's a trap. (laughs) Well, let's wrap it up with the third and final question. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? You know what? That's a toughie because I've gotten lots of great advice and I continue to get great advice every day. I guess something that sticks out to me because it was something that I focus on quite often. So I was working for the AICPA. We had a strategic leadership coach giving a keynote presentation to, I think it was leaders of the top 500 firms in the U.S. And I had the honor of talking to her before it was time for her to go on stage. And I literally probably only had a five to 10 minute conversation with her. So it was Carol Izazaki. I'm probably not saying her last name correctly, but she, it was a very genuine, interesting conversation. And we had exchanged stories about being an introvert and, you know, growing up, I was relatively shy and, you know, how it takes a lot of effort to take on certain roles and be on all the time. And so she's known for what she has is her signature, I think, signature program that says plan to be amazing. And so what she says is that every interaction is a chance to like create an experience that really shows your most amazing self. So something that she recommended as I'm sitting in there just casually chatting is, you know, before walking into a room, so say you're going into a networking function or something like that, then you kind of give yourself a pep talk and say, all right, I'm going to be amazing today. I'm going to make someone else feel amazing. And it's almost like that switch in your mindset has really changed the way that my interaction with people are. And so it was a really good advice and it was authentic coming from her. It was just a casual conversation, but I practice it quite often. And it makes a huge difference in the way that I show up, whether it be at work, at a work function, or if I'm at home and I'm feeling a little bit wiped out, but I kind of say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be an amazing mom today. And that just really clicks it into gear. And so I think that that is probably a really strong piece of advice that can be applied in many different areas of your life. And that's the way I've applied it. So yeah, that was from Carol Izazaki, I think is her name. That is great advice. You know, we as accountants, as our career continues to develop, we get in more and more positions where we need to give reports and do presentations and lead meetings. And, you know, this is far too much of a stereotype, but there's a lot of us that are introverts. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank you. That really is perfect advice to wrap this all up on. Thank you very much. Sure. 
Well, for our audience, this has been Life in Accounting, a podcast production of whereaccountantsgo.com. If you haven't yet visited that website, please do so. We're going to have the show notes for Natasha's episode, a bunch of additional information there, and we have an extraordinary amount of career-related content for accountants at this point as well to help you move your own career forward. Once again, our website is www.whereaccountantsgo.com. On that note, Natasha, do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom you'd like to leave with the listening audience? Well, first, Mark, thanks for the opportunity. As far as words of wisdom, I guess I would just suggest intentionally decide to be amazing today. People and opportunities will certainly gravitate towards you if you decide to do that. So always arrive with a smile, make sure you're having fun, and be your authentic self. Very motivational. I love it. Well, thank you to everyone. We will see you next week. There's more to come.